The Celtics looked a little bit foggy and, as Jason Tatum said, uh, maybe a little bit drunk. But they still pulled out the win. I'll tell you why the most electric player on the floor might have been the guy who played 13 minutes in this game. And I do not envy Joe Missoula for the decisions he is going to have to make. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you are a subscriber. So make sure you are, in fact, subscribed, and you can do that wherever you get your podcast on whichever app you want. It exists everywhere. It's on YouTube. You can watch the show there. Hop into the comments section. Have a conversation, talk about the game, talk about the podcast, talk about whether I'm full of it or right on the money. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I played ball once upon a time, a long, long time ago. And I've also written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Today, a 142-138 win in a return to action for the Boston Celtics. Uh that is an outrageous number. <laughs> it's a 142 to 138 is all-star game worthy. In fact, I went back and looked at the final scores of the all-star games. And this, this output is more combined points than eight all-star games since the year 2000. So <laughs> this is, if we, if the all-star game in Utah finished, Team LeBron, 142. Team Giannis, 138. That would have been, people would have been like, oh my God, so many points. But that's where we ended up here. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Uh, I'll talk about in the first segment here, just the overall vibe here, because it, it was interesting seeing people comment uh, in real time about this. Is this a good win? Is it a bad win? Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. I'll get into some individual performances in the second segment. And then later on, I, I actually feel bad for Joe Mazzula. We talk about the depth a ton. and. In this game, right away, you started to see like, oh, this is going to be a hard decision every night. Like, there are going to be some guys that are going to be sitting when they should be playing. and But then who should they be playing over? That's all in the last segment. I want to start with just this post-vacation fog that, that some of these guys seem to be in. And, and I, I started off my latest piece on Boston Sports Journal with just the the two different types of vacation people. You know who you are. You go away for a week. How are you coming back on Monday? 
Are you coming back in on Monday? Happy, like, oh man, let me show you some of my vacation pictures. Let me show, oh my God, I did this. I tried this food. We did this stuff. We went to this bar. It's so great. And you're all happy, 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 full of energy, ready to go back to work. And so excited to see everybody. Or are you, and this is kind of how I am, the drag yourself into work. Maybe you didn't shave. Maybe you're, you know, your clothes are a little wrinkled. Maybe you're there at like quarter past nine. Uh, you're carrying in a big extra large Dunkin' double, you know, double extra espresso shot coffee. That type of person. I think we saw in this game that Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart are definitely the coffee disheveled. Give me a minute here. I'm going to need a couple of days. The the I need a vacation for my vacation type of people. And then you see other guys, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, come in and you're, they're like, yeah, man, we're, we're ready to go. They're the chipper folks. Uh, and Jalen Brown felt like he was kind of in the middle. Uh, I, I, I know that you can't overreact one way or the other to a game like this. It's hard to... Uh, watch a game like this and not have some sort of visceral reaction. There's a lot of people who will look at this game and they'll say, look, they've had a week off. Why can't you come in after a week off and just, just wax a team? This is a team. They had a 16 point lead. Why can't you make that a 20 point lead? Why can't you make that a 25 point lead? You had, it, it was right there. What made you say like, Oh, well, we can't finish this off or whatever. I mean, the, the Pacers were also on vacation. That didn't stop Miles Turner from turning into Steph Curry. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton played in the All-Star game. That didn't stop him from having a 22.14 assist night, shooting 50%. That, that didn't stop some of these Pacers from, from being great and pushing the Celtics all the way to, to the brink here and forcing overtime. Why do the Celtics get to say, ah, you know, first game back from the, uh, the, the all-star break is always a tough one. I, 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 I can see both sides of this story. The real answer here is we don't know what this game was until they actually finish the season. We don't know whether this impacts their ability or is an indicator of their ability to win a championship until they actually win a championship. And if they win the championship, then we can come back and look at it and say like, nah, it was never a big deal. Right. And if they win it, if they don't win a championship, we'd be like, Hey, remember, remember that Pacers game. Remember that was, that was a real sign. You don't know until that point, you don't know until you get to that. We can argue about it. We can talk about it. I, I don't think it's an indicator necessarily of where the Celtics are, but you would have hoped that these guys would have come in and played a bit better from the start. That Tatum, you know what? I'm actually going to, I'll give Tatum a little bit of a pass on that. It's tough to play in the all-star game and then go and you get like a, a two-day vacation, right? You fly directly out of the all-star game. You get Monday, Tuesday, then you show up on Wednesday for practice and then Thursday's the game, right? Or, or if he even got to show up for practice, I, I don't know what they allowed him to do or not, but 
you get like a two day vacation. And, you know, he joked around. He said, I either left all, all my shooting in Utah or I was still drunk from vacation. It's, it's, he looked like he played drunk for a while. Uh, Marcus Smart looked like he played drunk. Oh my God, did Marcus Smart look drunk out there? I even joked on Boston Sports Journal while I was doing the live coverage. I said, Marcus Smart probably still smells like sunscreen and rum at this point. The way he was throwing those passes, how do you throw passes as like Marcus Smart is the best passer on the team? He is a tremendous passer, but he was throwing passes two feet above people. He tried some sort of like half court, no look, some alley look. I don't know what that was. How do you start? How do you do that when you're Marcus Smart, one of the best passers, the best passer on the team, right? One of the best passers around. Like he's really good. So you have to wonder, like, what, what, what's, what's going on with him? But I think it's, I think it is tough for the Celtics to come in off the break, and especially with Philly there on Saturday. Overlooking the Pacers right away. I I can see I can see how that that's that's the case. Now I don't condone that. I don't condone it. I think they should be better than that. But I still think that if they go out there and play well against the Sixers, if they go out and play well against New York and, sh- and show that, hey, all right, soft soft launch into the, 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 the final home stretch here, then all right, fine. I- I'm willing to overlook what this was. But I'm kind of putting a pin in it to just, just make sure. This is the first time we've seen or the second time all season we've seen this starting lineup, and it, it kind of was up and down and, uh, Jalen was playing in the mask and obviously, you know, first game back was, was difficult for a couple of these guys. So I'm willing to just chalk this up. I really am, but I, I just, I hope it's not an actual like indicator of, all right, we, we want to see this team start mowing some teams down and, and really go into the, into the playoff strong 22 games left to do that, but it's a win. It's a big win. Philly won in the Philly won. Uh, tonight, so uh, that keeps some distance, that keeps that distance between those two teams, and the Celtics have an opportunity to make that a four-game lead uh, on Saturday night, so that's huge. All right, up next, individual performances, and there were a few here to talk about Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, and some of the bad ones. What what the hell happened to Grant Williams? That is coming up next. First, Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, I know the benefits of therapy. I can I can s- say from personal experience that therapy can be a great help. And I know when you're at your best, you can do great things. And sometimes life gets you bogged down. You can feel overwhelmed and you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Uh, working with a therapist can help you get to a uh, closer version of your best self. Sometimes you just need to talk things through. Sometimes you don't understand what's going on in your own head. I can tell you, I don't. Sometimes there are times, there are times where things are going great for me. Great. 
And then I wake up one day and it's just like feeling horrible. The brain has its own way of working. Therapy can really help you get a grasp on things and really understand who you are, how you are, and get through some of the the tougher times in life. I am a tremendous advocate for therapy. BetterHelp is a great way to help you give therapy a try. You know, it's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. You can customize this. You don't have to go searching for uh, the someone within your area. You can find the connection, the super important connection with the right therapist. So it's all online. You can do it over text. You can do it over video. You can make this work for you. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch anytime for no additional charge. This is all very important stuff. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit visit BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Head on over to the Locked On NBA feed. Check out Locked On NBA, which I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. And also check out Locked On Game to Game NBA. After each game, we record a minute, minute and a half of each side of the story, each side of the game. So you can get caught up on the night in the NBA. Two great podcasts, one feed. It's there for you wherever you get your podcasts. Individual performances here. From this win, let's just, I'm just going to go straight down the uh, box score here. Jason Tatum, who said after the game, said, I had a great stat line, but not a great game. And that's 100% true. The stat line itself, you say, wow, 31 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, a block. Okay, 4 turnovers, not great. Uh, Somehow he was a minus 8. Well, he shot 9 of 25. He couldn't hit a damn thing. 3 of 12 from 3. Uh, I'm, I know that Joe Missoula is probably like, yeah, 12, three pointers is fine. We want him to shoot 12, three pointers. I, I, I would rather on a night like this, he do something a little bit different, but I just thought that he didn't play particularly well until the fourth quarter. Then he woke up in the fourth quarter and he did do some other things. Like he, he had three offensive rebounds. He had the offensive rebound that, that sealed the game in the last like 30 seconds left to go or something, 20 seconds left to go. Uh, So uh, he did do other things. The 12 rebounds, there's a lot of effort. It's not like he didn't try. He had seven assists. That's great. Um, He did play some defense, and and he got himself to the line 11 times. So it's not like he sucked. It's not like he was lazy. It's not like he went out there and wasn't giving a full effort. He was. He just wasn't playing well. Um, But, hey, you know, he had that moment where he dove for that loose ball Late in the fourth quarter, him and Benedict Matherin were, were down on the ground and just like fighting for a fumble. The refs were like, somebody's got to let go of this ball. And Tatum absolutely refused. He was not going to let go of that ball and he got up. That was a fun moment, you know, like, and after that, Joe Missoula had the moment where he was fighting for the loose ball with, um, with uh, Aaron Neesmith on the sideline. So that that's just some, some real fun there. Uh, but Tatum, Tatum, you know, look, good for him for sticking with it and having a good finish and doing the other things. That's important. That that's that's the type of game where okay, he didn't play well and he admitted he didn't play well, but 
you know, I think you can look at that and say he still kept playing through that. That's important. He kept playing through that. Jalen Brown played better, and he he started off great. He started off really great. He had some great moves early. He finished with 30. In fact, ESPN Sports and Info said Jalen and Jason each scored 30 points in the same game nine times this season, including the win over the Pacers over the last 30 years. The only duo to do to record more such games in a season, Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, who had 10 in uh, 2000-2001, 12 in 2002-2003. So Kobe and Shaq have done it twice. The Celtics have done it once. I mean, I should say I shouldn't say that that way. They've done it in two seasons where they had more than nine of those games. So basically, if they do it four more times this season in the last 22 games, which is asking a lot, They'll have done it more than Kobe and Shaq. That's that's a hell of a duo. That is a hell of a duo out there scoring. Jalen, 30 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. Now, he had three turnovers, and he had some, some bad ones late. Uh, so I thought Jalen played better than Jason, and I thought he, you know, when I was going in my up-down after the game, I put Jalen in the up and Tatum in the down. I just thought Jalen started out better. He shot better. He's 11 of 24. So you hit one more shot, you're you're shooting 50%. He was three of five from three, five of seven from the line. Now, the bad parts of his game, the, the two shots that he missed were two two free throws on a, a, a being fouled on a three-pointer in the fourth quarter where you ended up tied. That could have been something that saved both him and Tatum five minutes of play where they each they each played about 42 minutes. So could have said could have gotten that uh out of that game playing 37 minutes each. But the Celtics just love playing overtimes. I thought I thought Jalen was was really uh was good in this game. He fouled, you know, he had the fouls, but I, I'm willing to cut him some slack on some of this stuff because I do think the mask, I thought the defensive he had some some defensive mistakes, some miscues. I think the mask maybe prevented him from realizing some of the things that he might have normally seen in his peripheral vision. So I will cut him a little bit of slack in that situation, but um, that's that was, a, I think, generally a, a good night. I will call it a good night for, for Jalen Brown. I mean, he was a plus 10 on the night. The only guy better than that was Sam Hauser. Let's talk about Sam Hauser. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to save him for later. Uh, Al Horford was, was okay. He was okay early. Uh, nothing special. Uh, Robert Williams. I like the fact that Robert Williams was taking shots. He was more aggressive in taking shots. He was four of six, and he missed a couple that were very makeable. Those are shots that he needs to take. He didn't have the typical impact that he had. They would normally have, but uh, I thought not not a bad game from Robert Williams. And like I said, I'm I'm happy that he took the shots that he took. Malcolm Brogdon was great off the bench. The combination of Brogdon and White was fantastic. They combined for 41 points. 24 for Brogdon, 17 for White, uh, 5 of 6 from 3 for Brogdon, 3 of 6 for White. So that's just an overall, just a great, great game. Seven seven assists, five rebounds for, for uh, Malcolm Brogdon. He also had two steals and only one turnover. Brogdon and White it took turns being the most important players on the floor. Uh, Derek White had a stretch, I think it was in the second quarter, where he just came in and was just fantastic. And it looked like he hit, he didn't skip a beat. 
Brogdon spread it out throughout the whole game and was was really playing well. It's his first game back since the offseason trade. So he probably wanted to put on a show for his former fans. It's not like he was pissed off. He he can't be pissed off. He kind of was on board with the trade. But you want to go home and you go, go back to your prior home and you see a lot of your friends and you see a lot of the people that were you used to work with and work closely with, the, the locker room attendants and stuff like that, your former teammates. You want to put on a little bit of a show. And I thought Brogdon was really good, really solid. Uh, out there bad performances like down downright bad performance from grant williams thought grant williams was i mean if his arm is still bothering him he's got that that shooting sleeve on the right arm he had said recently that he thinks you know like he 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 can't bend the arm the whole way or doesn't work exactly the way it should and if that's the case sit down if the arm is an issue have a seat now's the time to sit because the Celtics are are fully healthy now, minus Gallinari. So take advantage of that. If you need time to get your arm right, then sit down. If you don't, if your arm is right and you played like this, that's a problem. That That's going to be an issue. Uh, I We just talked about how important in yesterday's podcast, how critically important Grant Williams is to this team's success. If Grant Williams comes in and plays a normal Grant Williams game, if Marcus Smart has a normal Marcus Smart game, then this game is over early. No overtime, fourth quarter garbage time. You know what I mean? But Grant Williams, six minutes, didn't play the second half at all. Two points. That That's not something you – that's not an acceptable performance from Grant Williams. So if you're hurt, sit down. If you're not, then step up. That's – we're we're getting down to crunch time. This can't this can't be the case for Grant Williams anymore. All right, step up or sit out. Luke Cornett, tough game, tough matchup. He was terrible. Um, like I said, Marcus Smart was throwing passes, you know, all over the place. He was not good. Uh, let's talk about Sam Hauser, and Sam Hauser is this week's. Nissan most electric player of the week. It's brought to you by the all new electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The player of the week, the electric player of the week is Sam Hauser because Sam and there's only one game. So what makes, what makes Sam Hauser electric in this game? Three block shots, three block shots for Sam Hauser. For all of the you you attack him and as they were they were talking about like um, trying to you know attack him it, it, they were saying in the game what were they saying like I forget how they they were phrasing it on, on TV Hauser hounding Hauser whatever the whatever it is um, they they teams will 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 go after him and and he's he's been increasingly better he played 13 minutes he was a plus 14 in 13 minutes maybe he should have played more. Then 13 minutes. He was good defensively. He hit three shots. One of them was on a fast break that he should have dunked. He hit two three-pointers, which was great. But the three-block shots, man, that is fierce. Brilliantly fierce, I should say. And stunningly powerful. That, I think, accurately describes uh, what Sam Hauser did. To block those three shots, to play the defense that he played in this game, I think that that earned him more time. Like I would have rather seen two more minutes from Hauser than 
two of the minutes that even Tatum had early in the game. Like just just let Hauser just ride that, ride that for sure. Just like you want to ride the 2023 Nissan Aria, which packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one electric vehicle. The all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria is the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All that being said, up next, Joe Missoula has got some tough, tough decisions to make. Man, I don't know how he makes these decisions now. We talked about the depth. The depth is, is making things tough on Joe Missoula. That's next. With 6.21 to go in the fourth quarter, Joe Missoula made a bunch of substitutions, including Derek White coming out of the game. Derek White never returned to the game, which is odd because Derek White was having a really, really good game. He was having uh, the type of game where I would like to have seen him play 30-plus minutes, 35 minutes even. He was really good. But this this brings up the, the, yes, it's a good problem to have, but also good problems to have are still problems. And I would rather have this problem, yes, absolutely, 100% of the time, than the reverse of this problem. But it doesn't mean that this isn't going to be an issue because in this game, you could have argued that, well, yeah. Derek White should have played more than Marcus Smart, but Marcus Smart, who, like I said, was terrible for most of this game before scoring seven points in the overtime, played 35 minutes. If you flipped 35 minutes for Smart and 25 for Derek White in this particular game, would have been happy. Maybe they would have won in regulation and you wouldn't have had whatever Smart needed to do in the overtime. Now, kudos to Smart for for stepping up and making those plays. He absolutely, uh, you know, the three pointer, uh, the foul that he drew, and, and all of that. But he that was great. Again, I do have to stress as as poorly as the guys played throughout, it's a win, and a win is a win. And they have forty three wins, and it doesn't matter if that forty three wins came from uh, a forty point blowout or a four point win. It doesn't matter in the overall scheme of things, because you still go to Philadelphia with 43 wins and that's it. That is really the end of the story. As far as a lot of these NBA teams and the, and the guys on this team are concerned, they just don't like you, you did. You, it wasn't pretty, but we did what we had to do. That's, that's the, the end result here. So, You can, you can flip white and smart, or you say, Hey, maybe, maybe he should have played for one of the Jays, which you, you can't, you just can't do that. You can't just, and this is why he didn't play for smart. You can't just be like, ah, Hey, you're having a rough day. I'm just, we're going to play Derek a little bit more. That's tough. That's a tough one to pull. That's a tough thing to pull off here, but Look at this. Look at the the minutes distribution. Grant Williams only got six minutes. Now he could have, if he was playing well, played twenty some odd minutes. Say say twenty six minutes. But where do those other twenty minutes come from? That's going to be the question. 
Do you try to take some minutes from Tatum and some from Brown and some from Al Horford? Well, that's not always exactly how it works. It's not just like you're rearranging these numbers in a column. Grant Williams didn't play because, first of all, he wasn't great in the first half. And then second of all, they they just they had some things that they were they felt like this was just better for this matchup. So you go with more Al Horford than Robert Williams. You go with more Al Horford than Grant Williams. You go with Malcolm Brogdon for 37 minutes almost versus maybe you put Derek White in there because, hey, this is Brogdon's at home or, or Brogdon's gone back home to, to Indy. Um, there, there are various things that you can, you can say to justify the minutes distribution. And I still, yeah, I would have loved to have seen the start of the fourth quarter or start of the overtime with a different group in there. Maybe I, maybe you do start Derek White instead of Smart in that in that overtime. But again, Smart went off for seven points in that that overtime. Seven points in five minutes. So, what's Joe Mazzula to do? And how do you keep these guys sharp? I don't know. I really don't know. The depth is great, but when you and, and we talked about it for weeks since that Detroit game up until yesterday's podcast, I was sitting there like, oh man, the depth, the depth, the depth. This is great. You get to see how it all is going to work together. And then you really get to see the whole thing together. And and you realize there are gonna be some games where Missoula is going to make some decisions and they're going to feel like the wrong decisions. And anytime you make the wrong decisions with personnel, there become questions. And do those questions grow any bigger? Does somebody now, nobody on this team feels like the type to complain, but I also feel like Derek white, if he sits these clutch, these clutch moments, I feel like there's the potential that it might sap some of his aggressiveness that's made him so, so effective. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it all plays out. I think, I think one thing we can rely on is as we go down these last now 22 games that maybe these guys can just say, Hey, look, whatever it takes, we're all, we're all in here, whatever it takes, we'll, we'll do. And that's been the attitude. So of course I think that's going to remain the attitude, but these these are going to be these are going to be tough decisions. We did not see Mike Muscala in this in this one. We just we spent the first two Mike Muscala games gushing about like, oh my God, look at all they can do. Look at all the things they can do now with Mike Muscala in the lineup. And like right away, he's a DNP here right out of the break. You can only play so many guys. There's only so many minutes to go around. So this this game really kind of highlighted to me the oh wow. <laughs> Joe Mazzula is gonna have a tough, tough time with all of this. Celtics now go on to face the 76ers, who had a, a nice comeback win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh Memphis Grizzlies are I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of the Memphis Grizzlies. They continue to struggle on the road. They can't close out these games. Um, eh, phonies? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 
but that that game's going to be huge. You look at the standings, and the Celtics uh, are now one game above, one game ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks, three games ahead of the Sixers, six games against uh, ahead of Cleveland. So the threat from Cleveland is basically eliminated unless the Celtics collapse. Twenty-two games to make up six uh, against the top seed is is not going to happen. Again, unless something goes horribly, horribly wrong. The Sixers, if the Celtics can beat them on Saturday night and go four games, uh, four games up on on Philly with, I think that's the tiebreaker. Yeah, this is the tiebreaker game. The Celtics have won twice. They play four times. So if the Celtics win this game, this would be a tiebreaker situation. So the Celtics could essentially, by winning on Saturday, put two games up uh, between them and Philly. They're three games up right now. The win would put them four games up. The tiebreaker would mean that Philly would have to couldn't couldn't just tie the Celtics. The Celtics own the tiebreaker, so it's essentially a fifth game. That win on Saturday night, if the Celtics can get it, that would I think eliminate the the Sixers from the top seed. Any top seed talk, because they would have to go on a huge run. The Celtics again would have to collapse twenty two games to make up five against a top seed that has won 70 almost 72% of their games. You have to expect that they were going they're going to win at a similar pace over the next 22 games. So that's 14 14 wins, 15 wins over those next two games. So the to to make up 5 games if the Celtics going to win 15 of the next 22 that leaves 7 games. The, the Sixers would have to be almost perfect the rest of the way. If the Celtics win that game, the Celtics, the, the Sixers would have to be almost perfect the rest of the way to make up that difference. It's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. So it's a huge, huge game on Saturday that essentially would eliminate the Sixers from the top seed. That, that brings it down to one, baby. Boston and Milwaukee, right where we thought it should be. Lots to talk about. I will not be doing a post game directly after the Sixers game. I'm not going directly after the Sixers game because that game starts at 830. It's going to be a late, late night. So I'm not podcasting at five in the morning for a Sunday. I will podcast earlier on Sunday and get you something. Basically, I'll release the Monday podcast early in the middle of Sunday. So you have all day Sunday, all day Monday. That will be the Monday podcast released early on Sunday. It'll essentially be a post-game Sixers podcast. That's the plan. So make sure you're subscribed. Get your podcast. Uh, get this podcast wherever you get your other podcasts. You can also hop onto the YouTube page. Subscribe there. Ring the bell. Get notified when I drop a video. And jump in that comment section. That's where it's popping. Lots of people talking about the Celtics. Lots of people talking about the uh, podcast, but hop in there, treat it like a, like a, a just a, start a conversation in there that, that we could do that too. get those threads going. Uh, it's a great place. I want that page to be a place where Celtics fans can congregate to so do that. 
And if you are a subscriber, share the podcast, tell your friends and family and everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.